0: This is the Global Logistics Podcast, and here is our host, Steve Grossman. Thank you. Uh, So yeah, I'm here with David Yo. He's the CEO of Innoves One, um, and it's got this remarkable this remarkable software, Marine M. But if you could, before we get onto that, David, could you just give us a little bit of history about yourself to tell us? um, Because I know you. I think this is your is a startup business for you, isn't it? But how did it all come about?
1: Right. Well, it started uh, back in 2005, actually. Uh, we we embarked on a project to help with the digitalization uh, that PSA, Port of Singapore, was embarking on for their politician and operations. And the whole idea was to build a bespoke solution at a time. Uh, over 2G SMS networks. In those days, we were using Nokia phones, pocket PCs. Yeah. So we were struggling quite a bit, uh, but we learned about maritime uh, marine operations for the last mile and the first mile operations at a time. And this, that was how we started.
0: And so, I mean, this is sort of going back into that because it's hard to believe now, but one, five years, 10 years in um, the digital change we're going through is just like a phenomenal amount of time. And it's funny because yeah. you were mentioning things like two G, and I'm sort of I remember all those things. You know, and it was the speed was just <laughs> horrendous. But what's really surprising is I obviously looked at the press release. We put the press release on our website, but there's a statistic in here that is quite is incredible, which is eighty percent of ports are still using like paperwork, Excel spreadsheets, whiteboards. I mean, I actually come from a port background, and it's a, a, is that still the case? That's a, a staring piece of data.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been to uh, I've visited about probably twenty-ish to thirty ports in different parts of the world. Yeah, from Africa to the UK uh, to one or two in France uh, and obviously in Southeast Asia as well. Uh, whereas, What I've observed is is that they, they tend to use some form of a, a terminal operating systems to manage the the land side of things, the cranes, the berths, uh, the warehousing, you know, etc. But 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 the marine sort of things, the shore side uh, operations, pilotage and towage operations, yeah. they're mostly you know uh, paper based, manual, manual charting of uh, what on big whiteboards, uh, uh, you know ro- pilot rostering on paper sheets. So it's it's quite amazing. I mean, in that way, um, and, and so I, I know that they're still using a lot of it uh, on Excel sheets, recording the information, Excel sheets, yeah, or later- pilot uh, sheets <laughs> that you're still using, Incredible. which is, <laughs> which is uh, you know, uh, 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 in the, the fact that we are in the 21st century and, you know, we are talking about AI and digital transformation, a lot of these ports uh, are still, uh, you know, using a very manual uh, way of recording information.
0: And how did you, again, if we go back to the beginning, you obviously saw a problem, a port Based problem port harbor based problem, but how did you sort of come up with the idea, or what was the kernel of the idea for you to say, hang on a minute, this this there is something here that needs solving. So from the very beginning, because presumably, obviously, the software has changed massive massively since the original release. But how did that all come about? In terms of, was there like a um, was there like a, a moment you just saw a light bulb that came on and just thought, this has got to change. I need to do something about this.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we, we we started to speak with uh, a few ports and we realized that a lot of ports, you know, there, there was back in about five, six years ago, uh, we went to Indonesia, we went to different places to speak with uh, port uh, operators, basically managing pilotage operations, storage operations, and we realized that they're still using very old technology. Yeah. Uh, either that, you know, they're using paper-based, you know, uh, sort of uh, recording forms. So we thought that hey, you know, uh, now in an age of iPhones, right, uh, and uh, tablets, Samsung tablets, and, you know, and all that, uh, and 3G networks, 4G networks, we could really do something about this uh, and to solve this problem. Uh, and we think that you know this um, this whole digital, digital transformation is not reserved to just the tier one ports, the top ports, but this can be used for mid sized ports, small ports. Uh, and it's about putting together the technology, the mobile platforms, um, about creating uh, useful scheduling uh, applications to to enable smart scheduling of pilots, smart scheduling for tugboats uh, uh, to be used, you know, for for marine operations. Yeah, and there, the was thing, really, there was really one led to it.
0: And and when you, I mean, because it seems obvious to me that you need a digital solution to run. Because let's, let's be honest, even a small port, their turnover is going to be multi-million dollars you know and we're talking like a small generation port but how do you once you approach them will they approach you how much persuasion is actually needed because it would seem fairly obvious to me that you could say look you've got a problem here you need to have some kind of system in place we can supply that system here's what we can do and do they generally i mean i don't i don't use the word persuasion but i'm assuming they see the benefits really quickly because it would seem fairly obvious to me
1: Yes, yes. I mean, they, they definitely see the, the, the benefits very quickly. Obviously, with a smaller port, uh, they may come back to say, you know, we don't really need the scheduling, but they definitely see the benefits of digitalizing this uh, pilot logging yeah. or, or, or the key details or being able to use the data for analysis for the operations or being able to accurately capture the data for billing purposes. So, um, from small to mid sized ports, um, they're able to see the that, that with the, with this technology they can optimize obviously the, the allocations of pilots, yeah. the allocation of boats very quickly. So they're able to see the benefits of it. Uh, the I, I think the main the main challenge has always been, you know, a change of mindset, yeah. you know, to relearn some to, to relearn about adopting new technologies. To fit into their current uh, operations. I think that is always been the, the main barrier of entry. Uh, but otherwise, once they get past that barrier, you know, they very quickly see the benefits of using um, a, a technology to or AI to basically help them make smart decisions about the allocation of pilots, the allocation of tugboats, without actually manually trying to figure it out. Um, and there are actually some operations uh, in some in some operators that I know um, if the, the entire planning is all depending on one or two persons, yeah. so obviously it's a huge risk. Because if, if you imagine if they leave the company, then you know someone oh. else must learn the entire operation. Yeah, uh, where else using uh, a marine and platform where we essentially allowed the digitalization of all these operations and using. Really smart and advanced technologies like AI and uh, and constraints uh, scheduling, we're able to automate the entire process of uh, allocating pilots, tug boats, pilot boats to the entire, to the job. Really, you know, you, you are you, it lowers the risk uh, to the business and operations overall.
0: And I see because uh, I was looking obviously on your website a little bit earlier, and uh, one of the really interesting things we shouldn't shouldn't really be a surprise is. The, um, how you can morph this technology or you use this technology to be it could be used across several platforms, obviously, ones like PCs or laptops. Yeah. But the, there's a mobile solution to this as well. That It's all part of this this system, isn't there? So I suppose it's homogenous yeah. in terms of... I suppose a great advantage is because we all have smartphones and we all have apps, you can say, well, okay, this system can be used across that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that must help hugely in terms of what you can do with the system and show them the, the benefits.
1: Definitely. So, um, being able to track the the job uh, progress, you know, you can imagine this the pilots or the turbos are going out in the entire day doing various jobs, yeah. uh, and there could be multiple movements of vessels, arrivals and departures in a particular day. Um, and to be able to see all that happening uh, on the screen has in, in terms of the the progress of the jobs and being able to track the timings of the start job. timings of the end job and exactly at which locations they started and ended the job that's very important because you know that also lowers the risk of disputes with uh, agents and the shippers you know um, there's often uh, some disagreements about the timings and duration of the entire job but once you are able to digitalize the entire operations and capture and geotech the locations where it happens then the duration of a job is uh, a you know and all that is captured in the system, there's no more disputes as, as to the duration of the job. So when it goes, when it wants to capture the data and we send it straight into billing, uh, it's almost, you know, uh, straightforward and streamlined in
0: that way. And of course, I did, again, I was reading, that this is, you can integrate so many things into this, like the warehousing, the, I suppose, the containerization, I'm guessing things like stevedoring and, and the whole movements of vessels and freight for a port. And you can... Uh, I suppose again, a great selling point is you can say, "Look, don't worry about what it is you're trying to capture. We can cover everything." You know, the whole point uh-huh. is. Uh, sorry, I was kind of putting words into your mouth there, David. But I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the whole beauty because you have to have a system where you can do all this. And um, so, the question I suppose is, how did you start to build this system? Because it must take. Did it? I mean, assume it took years to actually, to actually get to the system ultimately wanted. I mean, how long did the whole process take?
1: So, well, we, we first spent years understanding the maritime operations, right? Because obviously, uh, when we did our first project, it was a Facebook solution. Uh, the first challenge was to, to manage the, uh, the signaling uh, yeah. in the shore side. You can imagine it's not like the land where you have four-bar four, four signals and you can, you, can, you can communicate very well. So we had to overcome the signaling problems to enable real-time communication between a pilot doing a job and the backend operations or the Marine Command Center. Yeah. Um, their understanding that uh, the challenges of the, the, you know, the communication was then, the next thing was to understand, uh, you know, uh, with different ports, they actually have different constraints. Uh, they have different, you know, different uh, restrictions, different draft constraints, different uh, type constraints, you know, uh, and, and all that. So was to understand, how do we create a system that essentially is robust enough to consider all this has inputs that you can adjust right Uh, and it's never hard coded so we have a platform we have a job planner that allows you to adjust various constraints and various inputs that meets a particular job require sorry a particular job requirement as well as a port requirement uh, and then be able to then run it automatically um, so we are doing a we'll be doing a, a, a new project uh, coming up, uh, and it is a river port. So river port is quite different from uh, a deep harbor port because yeah. you have to consider tide, you have to consider the duration when the vessel has to start from the yeah. mouth of the river to the port. Yeah, and that journey takes between six to nine hours. Right? How do how then can we optimize those operations so that? We, we we could help the uh, the vessel arrive just in time uh to where the berth is ready right? so again uh that requires quite a complex um understanding uh of um of of the entire operations all the constraints required uh and and obviously uh, what are the limitations in terms of uh, the tugboats uh for a particular region and also what are the requirements for pilotage uh, and we build all of that into essentially the application, to 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 automate
0: this whole process. No, that's really explained well. So, if for example I was a, a, um, uh, running a port in it uh, doesn't really matter which country. We will use the UK as an example, and we were looking at a software solution such as yours, and we realised that we've become a bit an- antiquated, and we need to move the times and, sure. and and streamline it and make it safer. And so, on. and I came to you. How, I'm assuming this thing must take quite a bit of time because, like you said, you need to understand the intricacies of my port. But what would be the first sort of line in terms of trying to discover what it is I wanted, or, or to get an understanding of of the problems and and the worries that I might have with running my port? Do you have like a set game, a set plan, and how you go to each project?
1: Yeah, we do actually. Uh, so the first thing we do when we approach a new project is to to, to find to do what we call a gap analysis. So we are trying to understand, based on what we have built so far, based on the engine's capabilities, uh, the, the algorithms that we use for the AI and the scheduling, uh, and the constraints that we've considered for pilot rest time, you know, all sorts of different constraints uh, for pilot and cupboards and the pilot boats. We try to understand, basically, from the current operations, what are the possible additional constraints that we have not considered in the application, we yeah. have not considered in our engine uh and and once once we deep dive into their operations and understand their workflow we then be able to to, to say okay perhaps you know we need to do another 10 uh feature building building more features into the applications usually it doesn't go more than 10 percent because you know we've built quite a bit uh quite a bit of constraints to handle all these operations and quite honestly pilotage operations and towage you know, operations across the road is quite similar. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is really the allowance of a particular constraint. Like for example, rest time. Uh, do you allow uh, pilots to work past their shift time? Or perhaps, you know, uh, uh, what is the, sh- what, what the maximum hours of uh, 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 a job? Um, the, the pilot can be put on the job before they must go for the next break. So it, it it differs between Asia and, and, and the West, but essentially, you know, they are about the same. The only difference is the, the value, the timings, uh, and perhaps um, uh, uh and, and it, perhaps there's maybe some additional exceptional constraints that we have not considered. So this this is when we actually when we embark on a project, enter into a new development to add a new feature as part of the overall uh, application and delivery.
0: And and I thank you. No, I. Again, this, this 20% figure are the ones that are taking up some kind of digital answer to their problems. Um, and this is, I mean, I've experienced this myself. I suppose one of the, the, the issues that you'll face is even if they have a system in place, it may be a, a mixture of in-house systems that you want to harmonise. So it's not uh-huh. necessarily just trying to persuade them to take up a system. You may go in and say, well, I can see you've got a system, but actually it's 10 systems. And of course, um, in terms of efficiency, that's going to be a terrible thing. So. Your your um your answer, your you know what you're doing with the software answer you have. You've then got to persuade them to say even if the system you've got is just not good enough, you need to think about this in the round because you. I mean, I've been to ports where they have five or six different systems all trying to talk mm-hmm. to each other, and that's an absolute nightmare. I mean, it generally works, but it's messy, isn't it? But yeah, then... it is. It is. It is
1: extremely messy. But you know, it's a it's a problem we can't get away from because you know. Um you know, there are not many ports with a very large budget to customize and yeah. you know, build the solutions all by themselves. I mean, we're talking about top-tier top uh, tier ports, uh, like, uh, you know, like the, the top 10 busiest port, they probably have the kind of budget to customize the entire solution. And even then, they will not do that. They will buy off-the-shelf solution, uh, you know, and then, you know, start to build different parts of the applications and customize different parts of the applications. Um, but overall, I think, we, we, won't, we, can't, we can't get away from the fact that there'll be different vendors offering different specialized uh, uh, solutions. Right? For example, a VTS provider will offer you know, their best-in-class VTS platform, whereas for us, we offer the best-in-class um, marine operations platform right? uh, to, to manage pilotage operations, storage operations. But the but but the most important thing about that is that in, in selection of a, a vendor, you you know, person to to understand to select uh, vendors that offers a good API, a good set of APIs that allow inter uh, communication between the applications. Yeah, and in general, uh, that should be uh, that should work very well uh, for for most parts. Um, yeah, so so that's that's uh, which is why we spend quite a bit of time to invest in. Uh, allowing that integration between our applications and any 3rd party applications that the port may be using. Uh, whereas we then focus mainly on you know, uh, making sure that we provide um, the best results in optimizing the marine operations. We rely on uh, you know, uh, terminal operating systems to provide certain information, certain data, that can help us capture additional uh, data points that could make the whole process even better.
0: No, that's really explained really well. Again, thank you. So um, if I use, uh, again, another, like you sort of say, tier one ports, and I think something like DP World, which I know is globally, everyone knows who they are. Um, and you kind of answer this question, but it'd be interesting to kind of get your take on this. Let's say, for instance, that you were brought in to run um, a DP World port in in Dubai, for instance, and then you were asked to, to, run, a DP, uh, to run a DP system in, shall we say, in the US, I guess what you're saying is, although the company is the companies are same, the needs and wants and desires are going to be necessarily completely different. I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to be not entirely different, but it's going to be different. Uh, you know, the the the, the objectives, the uh the, the, the key performance indication indicators will be will be will be will be different from other ports. Uh, but in general, every every port is just you know looking at boosting the efficiencies, the operational efficiencies. Uh, particularly for vessel is looking at how they can shorten the vessel turnaround time, you know, that because that is the main uh, uh port uh, KPI as, as we all know. Yeah. So um then it's about drill drilling down to different uh parts of your process and operations to look at how they can uh, fit in solutions that can better optimize that portion of the operation. Uh and what we are saying is that Uh, And what I've observed also is that a a lot of the marine operations have have not been digitalized. So the first step to making it smart for marine operations is to digitalize the marine operation, capture the data, and then to use uh, uh, smart uh, advanced uh, solutions like AI or or, uh, uh, scheduling applications to be able to act on the data uh, in order to optimize these operations. So this is where we actually come in, and it's how we see that we, our solution will fit in terms of, in terms of the overall uh, idea of smart port delivery. Uh, and what we really want to do is to then to be able to expand this, uh, this platform to be able to serve even uh, ships in storage. So you can imagine, if ships is coming in from you know one day away or two days right out in the ocean, they be able to, to to establish some kind of real time communication that they want to change their arrival times, or perhaps something happens at the port and they need to shift the the, 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 the arrival window. Now, then there will be some kind of real time communication between the port uh, uh, control and, and and the ships in the voyage, uh, but ultimately you want to be able to very quickly reschedule you know, the, the the required pilots and the required carboats to be able to offer the, uh, the ship coming in when they arrive. So we think that this portion has not been, um, well, I would say, overlooked, uh, mostly overlooked. Uh, you know, everyone's focusing on the berm management and the crane management, yeah. and, you know, all that. But no one's really looking to the marine side. Uh, and this is why we came in with this solution. And...
0: Looking back at the last 16 years, it's probably gone like a blink of an eye to you, I don't know, you know, the time seems to move so quickly. And where you are now and the challenges you've foresaw have begun, and that's very difficult to elaborate because so much has obviously happened, but when you think about your journey and what you've got to now, and not just with you, Dave, but as a company, do you think, are you, are you the position you're in now, and of all the challenges, I mean, how would you sort of summarise it?
1: Uh it's been uh, it, it it has been very enlightening, um, you know, and it's amazing for me to learn, you know, from really, you know, to learn what others are doing. Uh, not just in Asia, but also just look at there's some of these big companies, uh, working on different solutions for for better tracking, you know, for trying to establish uh, uh, better communications uh, network between ports. Yeah through things like port uh, optimization, if you know basically what what we're all trying to do is to you know is to see how we can optimize really uh, operations for the port, yeah. not just for the sake of uh, for profits, but also for the for the, for the idea of how can we lower uh, you know greenhouse uh, gas emissions. Right. So if we can optimize a lot of these operations, and for for us, I mean, from our perspective, we can optimize the movements for the local port. Optimize um, the it means we can achieve a better fuel efficiencies, uh, lower uh, uh, fuel emissions, Uh, and obviously then uh, from from the long term objective is to is to look at how can we obviously help uh, ships coming to the port, uh, lower their emissions as well. Because if they're able to steamroll their vessels instead of speeding ahead, yeah. they can, you know. Uh, because I've, I've, I've been to a port recently, uh, well, not recently, but about a year ago, uh, back in February. And uh, the, the GM of the port was just telling me, uh, it was a, it's a port in the States, was telling me there are two vessels running out. To get into the port uh and he's they, uh, they're carrying the rural is but they, but there's not enough warehouse Yeah. so they have to clear the warehouse and this is for uh, they were transporting vehicles and they have to clear the warehouse before they can have the vessel come in right um, but you know if they have the technology to Communicate this to the to the to the captain real time. Yeah, he could have still the vessel. Cool. Uh, you know, and just you know, and not come into the into, into the port and and pay for increased charges. So I think these are the sort of things that you know we, we think that technology can help a lot. Uh, and in a, in, a, in a, really in the sector where it's very backward in terms of the, the adoption of technology. Uh, AI is here. I mean, AI is here for years. Yeah. It's been here for many years now. We have even seen some, in some sectors, robots are dancing. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure you've seen those videos. I mean, robots are dancing and jumping, you know. Uh, and, and we are so advanced in, in, the, in the AI. And, you know, the algorithms are there, the technology is there, the platforms for the digital platforms are all there. The network is being put in place. So it's about really for for us to provide um from a port perspective, is about adopting those technology, finding the right vendor to adopt those technologies, uh, and obviously from the uh, startups and, uh, and and technology providers perspective, is to is to look at how is to understand really maritime operations and the port operations to be able to fit in solutions that we're good at doing, right, uh, and to help them optimize those operations. At the same time, understanding that we are. We 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 will we will have to we have to uh, integrate our solutions with other solutions that could
0: be in play. Fantastic, David. Honestly, thank you so much for that. Really, really well explained. And be, who knew half an hour just has gone like that? So um, <laughs> that was really brilliant to interview. So thank you so much for that. That's the end of it. And yeah, a, a big thanks to you, um, and obviously to Henry as well. Thank you so much. Take care. Appreciate it. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find Global Logistics at glowlogistic.com.